There's a lot of different ways to track your fitness out there with Fitbit, Apple Watch, Garmin, Polar, and all the other products popping up every day. But which one is best for you? What exactly should you be measuring and why? You've heard me say it before, what gets measured gets improved. Today I'm going to specifically talk about heart rate variability. I've touched on this topic before, but in today's episode, I'm going to dive deeper into what HRV is, why you should pay attention to it, and at the end, I'll provide 10 ways that you can improve your heart rate variability. And I'll also be giving a shout out throughout this whole episode to my Whoop Strap and the Whoop organization, because that's what I personally use to measure all of these metrics. a firefighter and an EMS professional. You are a part of a worldwide brotherhood of dedicated servants and you put your life on the line every day for others. Because of that, you deserve better. We are often our own worst enemies and it's time to own it. Let's work to improve and change the status quo. That change starts with us, right here, right now. In every situation we're faced with, as we see a need, we own it and we take action. Be the ideal firefighter you would want on your crew. Be ignited. Hey everyone, my name is Ryan Rodriguez and I'm the founder of Ignited and your host for the Ignited Firefighter Podcast. The Ignited Movement is a brotherhood of firefighters who challenge the status quo through a forum dedicated to self-improvement and accountability. In each of these episodes, we discuss a myriad of different things challenging the fire service today from leadership and tactics to how to improve ourselves physically as well as mentally. We aim to civilize the mind but make savage the body. And even though the focus is on the fire service, topics and principles we discuss can be applied by professionals everywhere. That being said, let's light the spark. Heart rate variability, or HRV is a measure of your autonomic nervous system that is widely considered one of the best objective ways to measure physical fitness and determine your body's readiness to perform. I've discovered that the more I'm able to put eyes on measurable goals for strain for the day, the better I can control my physical fitness and make adjustments based on my fitness goals for the day, the week, and even the year. And this all sounds like a lot of measuring and maybe it sounds a bit obsessive, but if you aren't paying attention to your level of fitness, then can you honestly say that you're doing your due diligence as a firefighter? I'm not saying that you need to be obsessive about it, but I am saying that you should definitely be paying attention. Heart rate variability is the measured time between the beats of your heart. And I want you to understand that even though your heart rate may be what's considered regular, it still has a small amount of variance between those beats. For example, if your heart rate is 60 beats per minute, it's not actually beating once every second. There are milliseconds between those beats that cause a variability. And this is where HRV is measured. It's the space between those beats. So there may be like 0.10 seconds between two beats and 1.10 seconds between two other beats. The greater this variability is, the more ready your body is to execute at a high level and the more ready you are to perform. For those of you who are paramedics, you know this interval is the RR interval. 
And for those of you who aren't paramedics, this interval is named for the heartbeat's R phase, which are the spikes that you see on an EKG. And this is measured in milliseconds. So for example, one RR interval may be 857 milliseconds, and the next may be 794 milliseconds, and then the next may be 736 milliseconds. But how can one even possibly measure that, right? Those are milliseconds. Looking at an EKG is the traditional way, but what's more practical is having a live reading of your current HRV. You can't really stop what you're doing or get numerous EKGs throughout the day, right? That's not practical. This is why I use a whoop strap. This little strap on my wrist measures my heart rate something like 100 times a minute. It collects data throughout the day and it compiles it into reports that I can look at at any time. Whoop calculates HRV by using RMSSD, which is the root mean square root of successive differences between heartbeats. So basically the average, right? Once I first started using my whoop strap, I had to wear it consistently for about the first three weeks, exercising, showering, sleeping, everything. Wherever my human body goes, the whoop strap goes with me. This made the metrics more accurate and it allowed for a better understanding and report of my unique body and how it operates in regards to HRV and resting heart rate and sleep and things like that, recovery, all that good stuff. As medical professionals, we know the effects of the sympathetic and parasympathetic systems on our heart. The parasympathetic system lowers our heart rate and the sympathetic system amps us up, right? These two competing branches of our autonomic nervous system have a direct effect on our HRV by influencing our heart rate. And that fluctuation is heart rate variability. So what does all this mean and how do we apply it to finding out our fitness level? Well, when you've got a high HRV, it means that your body is responsive to both sets of autonomic inputs. This shows that your nervous system is balanced and that your body is very capable of adapting to its environment and performing at its peak. So on the opposite side of that scale, if your heart rate, or I'm sorry, if your HRV is very low, one branch is dominating the situation, which is usually the sympathetic. The dominant branch is sending stronger signals to your heart than the other. Sometimes this can be a good thing, like when you're running a race and you need your body to focus on providing energy to your legs as opposed to digesting food. Sympathetic versus parasympathetic, right? However, if you're not doing something active, low HRV indicates that your body is working hard for some other reason. So this could be due to like dehydration, stress, illness that you may be fighting off, whatever it is. And this leaves fewer resources available to dedicate toward exercising and performing at work. The less one branch is dominating the other, the more room there is for the sympathetic branch to be able to come in and dominate, which is why high HRV suggests that you're fit and ready to go. Heart rate variability is highly individualized. Everyone's heart is different, right? Everyone's different. We have standard measures for what constitutes a regular heart rate versus tachycardia or bradycardia. However, since HRV is measured on such a minute level, the uniqueness of it makes it a metric that cannot be applied across the board. HRV fluctuates throughout the day, from one day to the next, and from one person to another. It's incredibly unique. 
you can't compare your HRV to someone else's HRV. You just can't do it. You can only compare your HRV to your HRV trends. Typically, younger people have a higher HRV than older people, and males often have a slightly higher HRV than females. This is just genetics and biology. Elite athletes usually have greater HRV than the rest of us, and within that subset, endurance athletes regularly have a higher HRV than strength-based athletes. Now, none of this is absolute. This is just like the statistical findings of people sampled, right? Of course, you'll have outliers out there who may have high HRV and are more strength-based. This is typically reflected on the fire ground by those who don't poop out after 10 minutes of hard, continuous work. So I said pay attention to the trends, right? You've got to pay attention to your trends. But what do the trends mean? Since HRV is highly individualized, you can't compare your HRV to anyone else's. Like I said, you can only pay attention to the trends that you yourself set. For example, by taking steps toward and being disciplined in your own fitness journey, you'll find that your HRV increases over time. This is because you're working your body in an effective manner by exercising, eating right, and making sure that you're staying hydrated. However, if you see some downturns in your trends, that could be an indicator that you're training too hard and maybe not allowing your body the proper recovery time. Maybe you aren't getting enough sleep, or you could be fighting an illness. Maybe your diet is slipping, right? Could be a, a, num a number of different things. Regardless of if your trends are going up or down, you can only effectively compare your HRV trends with your own previous trends. I cannot emphasize that enough, guys. To compare your HRV to someone else's is comparing apples and oranges, and it doesn't serve you in any way. Really, this is the physical element of a metric of measure that supports the idea that really you're only in competition with yourself. So, how can I improve my HRV? How can we improve our individual HRV? How can we have an effect? Here are 10 ways that you can have a direct effect in improving your heart rate variability. Number one, exercise and train appropriately. Now, appropriately is subjective, right? But regular exercise is one of the best methods you can use to improve your HRV. For those who are currently exercising on a regular basis, one thing to pay attention to is making sure that you don't overtrain. Now, this isn't the traditional sense of what you think overtraining may be, quote unquote, overtraining, right? The idea here is that you aren't allowing your body to recover properly. It doesn't mean that you can't train twice a day or even three times a day. You just have to make sure that you're allowing yourself to recover appropriately between those training sessions, if it's six hours or if it's 26 hours, right? You just have to be, it has to be relative to your regimen. Number two quality nutrition at the right times. Diet and exercise together are the key to a healthy lifestyle. But did you know that when you eat has an effect as well? When your body has a sense of routine, it functions better and it helps maintain your circadian rhythm, which is your body's internal 24-hour clock that regulates your sleep-wake cycle, right? Like your 24-hour uh, circadia, right? Circadian, one day. Uh, like one cycle, 
uh, what is it? Day cycle, circadia, day cycle, right? 24 hour clock. It's been said that not eating close to bedtime will improve the quality of your sleep by allowing your body to focus on other restorative processes instead of digestion. However, in my personal experience, I have found the opposite to be true, especially when I started supplementing with casein protein at night. What this did for me, anyway, was facilitate protein saturation for synthesis and muscle growth, like serious muscle growth. So when I'd wake up, I'd feel refreshed and ready without the significant delayed onset of muscle soreness that I would otherwise feel. So again, it's all individualized. These are recommendations that will help you, um, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you shouldn't eat before bed or you should eat before bed. You're going to have to kind of use yourself as your own science experiment and figure out what works for you and figure out what gets you results. These 10 suggestions are merely ways that you can specifically formulate a strategy and a plan to improve your HRV and your overall fitness. So let's move on to number three. Hydrate. Without the appropriate volume of fluid in your body, your organ systems simply will not operate appropriately, right? We see this in the field all the time, all the time. And I see this here in Arizona every summer, right? People do not hydrate. They want to hike a mountain. They bring a little tiny eight ounce bottle of water and they're like, but I have my water. And it's like, well, how many of those did you drink? Well, this is the only one I have. It's absolutely ridiculous. Absolutely asinine. The more your pump is primed, the better off you are in being ready to perform. Think about it. Your blood is what carries your oxygen and nutrients to the places you need them, right? If you don't have adequate blood volume, then you won't be readily providing your body with the things that it needs. A good place to start is to drink a gallon of water a day. If you're ready to amp that up and really perform at high levels, it's recommended that you drink an ounce of water per pound that you weigh. So according to that, I'd need to drink 230 ounces of water a day, which is like just over two gallons of water. Now that sounds a little extreme to me and might even put me at risk for hyponatremia. So regardless of your plan, make sure you keep balanced in things, right? You don't want to throw yourself into hypernatremia and and put yourself in the hospital in that way. You don't want to flush out all of your electrolytes. So make sure you're staying balanced. Number four, avoid alcohol. And I know a lot of you probably won't like hearing this, and I've mentioned it before, but if you want your HRV to improve, if you want your health and fitness to improve, then you should avoid alcohol. Information gathered by WHOOP members shows that consuming alcohol drops HRV by an average of 22 milliseconds the next day. So this puts you behind the eight ball. It screws up your recovery and it makes it so that you will not be able to feel like you're performing at your peak that day. Not even, not even like it'll make you feel like you won't be able to. You scientifically will not be able to perform at peak the next day. The lingering effects of alcohol in your system may continue to suppress your heart rate variability for four to five days. So you really have to evaluate your lifestyle here. What is your goal? Are you okay with being sluggish and like uh, not performing at your peak for four to five days? I don't know about you, but 
like for me, I do 4896s. And so a period of four to five days, that's a long time. I mean, and that's, that's saying if you take two days off, right? At the end of that four to five days, let's say you take two days off of drinking. If you go for five days, you've only got seven days in the week. And so if you don't take any time off of drinking alcohol, you're just maintaining that shitty standard and that subpar performance. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm not okay with that. And that's not the kind of crewmate that I want to be. And that's definitely not the person that I want on my crew. I do not want to have to keep making up for their lack of performance. That's not right. That's not right. Nobody says that in their interview, right? Nobody's like, oh, I want to be a drag on my, on my crew. I really want to be the, the overweight, out of shape guy that uh, you know just goes and parties and then comes to work hungover and not ready to perform. Nobody in their right mind would say that. And yet that's how some of these people perform. And that's what some of these people do. It's absolutely ridiculous. If this is you, you either need to find a new career or make a serious change in your lifestyle. All right, I'm going to step off the soapbox here. Getting on to number five, get quality sleep. If you aren't conscious in your effort to get quality sleep, then it will fall by the wayside. Sleep consistency boosts your HRV in that it helps you sustain your circadian rhythm by allowing you to spend more time in REM and deep sleep, which maximizes your recovery. Number six, natural light exposure. We all need vitamin D and we get that from the sun unless you can, you know, you can take supplements. But a great way to start the day is to go outside after waking up and take a deep breath, let the sun hit you. And also watching the sun or watching the sun go down, watching the sky change from light to dark in the evening, watching the sunset, right? It triggers biological processes um, that are involved with regulating your sleep and wake cycles, circadia, right? Your circadian rhythm. Fun fact, one of the reasons casinos don't have windows or clocks for that matter is the less you pay attention to the time or whether it's light or dark outside, the more you stay awake. And the more you stay awake, the more money you can pump into the gambling machines, right? And the more money you can gamble away. So just something to think about. Set your own terms for controlling your sleep, but set them so that they benefit you. Number seven, cold thermogenesis. I've talked about taking a cold plunge before, and it's something that I do as often as I can. I mean, it's my dream to have like a four by four, seven foot deep plunge just on my property at my house, just so I can just like jump in, sit there for three to five minutes and then climb out here in Arizona right now, when temperatures are at least 110 during the day, the cold water comes out warm on the faucet. So I've got to get a little bit creative in this, but the benefits are clear. Cold water stimulates your vagus nerve, which activates your parasympathetic branch and controls your heart rate variability. And I've talked about this in other episodes and how it benefits you. And I highly recommend that you do something that I do. Um, is at the end of the shower, I turn the water to cold and I stand under it for about three to five minutes, focusing on breathing, focusing on the things that I need to do, my goals, whatever it may be, focus on something. Trust me, do this and you'll feel invigorated, you'll have cognitive clarity, and you'll sleep like a baby. Number eight, intentional breathing. Speaking of focusing on your breathing, 
I've mentioned box breathing before, where you breathe in over four seconds, you hold it for four seconds, you breathe out for four seconds, and you hold it out for four seconds. I do about two to four cycles of this if I'm feeling overwhelmed or if I just want to clear my mind and focus on something like writing a podcast episode. Controlled breathing techniques can positively impact you by combating stress, which directly has an effect on your HRV. Number nine, mindful meditation. I'm sure I could find some scientific study to support this, but I'd rather just go off of telling you my personal experiences when it comes to mindful meditation. Anytime you reduce stress, anytime you increase and improve your HRV. So it would stand to reason that the more you are mindful in breathing techniques, mentally take control of your emotions, work out your emotions appropriately rather than covering them up with drugs and alcohol and harness your response rather than succumb to your reaction, the more you will improve your HRV. Start out with two minutes a day, one in the morning and one at night. Set a timer on your phone and dedicate that time to breathing and clearing your mind. Or if you're having trouble clearing your mind right off the bat, Try focusing on a positive goal that you have and that you're working toward, or even something that you haven't started working toward yet. Identify something positive to focus on. Use the mindful meditation to help gain clarity and move you forward. Number 10, journal with a focus on gratitude. Focusing on things you're grateful for rather than focusing on the frustrations will shift your mindset in how you deal with people, but it will also elicit a corresponding uptick in HRV. By focusing on the good and turning your negatives into a positive, you'll provide more opportunities for harmony in your life, which facilitates nothing but good things. Your blood pressure will decrease, your stress hormones will go down, so why not give it a shot? So let's recap these real quick. Number one, exercise and train appropriately. Number two, quality nutrition at the right times. Number three, hydrate. Number four, avoid alcohol. Number five, get quality sleep. Number six, natural light exposure. Number seven, cold thermogenesis. Number eight, intentional breathing. Number nine, mindful meditation. And number 10, journal with a focus on gratitude. Like I said in the beginning of the episode, I currently use a whoop strap to continually monitor my level of daily strain, my recovery, and my sleep. And my strain is measured uh, taking into account my resting heart rate and my HRV. And wherever I go, I'm wearing the strap, and it's pretty amazing to look at the metrics that it gathers, not only after a significant workout and during a significant workout, but especially, it's especially interesting to look at and, and view the stats after a structure fire. Very interesting. So for those of you out there who don't think that a structure fire can be considered a workout, I would beg to differ. I mean, I guess it's relative depending on how hard you're willing to work and what it is you're doing. But still, what gets measured gets improved, and the more you can look at the numbers of what it is you're doing, the more you'll be able to better identify your level of strain and where you're at with your HRV. 
I personally recommend using a whoop strap as it is the most accurate system out there currently that I've found. But if you choose some other system like an Apple Watch, a Garmin, or even a Polar Strap, which is what I used to use, you should still be measuring your daily caloric burn and your resting heart rate. And these things are going to help you identify where you're at and how you can improve. Remember, again, what gets measured gets improved. I know this sounds like a commercial for Whoop, but they are not sponsoring me to do this. I'm just sharing a product that I use that I know works. Whatever you choose to use for metrics, make sure that you're consistent and that you take the data and actually do something with it. As always, thanks for listening to the Ignited Firefighter podcast, guys. I can't thank you enough. Please subscribe and share these episodes with someone who you think should hear them. As we delve deeper into the topics, we can come together and help each other learn and grow. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at IgnitedFF. And one way you can become more directly involved is to join the Ignited Firefighter Podcast Facebook group. This is where we talk about all the elements of the show. We talk about things going on in our lives, things going on with our crews, and what we can do to better improve the situation by improving ourselves. Thanks again for listening. And until next time, if you see a need, own it and take action. Be the ideal firefighter you would want on your crew. Be ignited.